Hello, everyone, and welcome to Me, You, Us, a well-being podcast. It's another Well-Being Wednesday here at Consumers Energy, and I'm your host, Bill Krieger. Today, my guest is Kathy Hendrian. She's the Senior Vice President of People and Culture here at Consumers Energy. So, Kathy, if you'll introduce yourself, we'll get the conversation started. Great. Thanks, Bill. And hi, everyone. Yes, I'm, I'm Kathy Hendrian, um, Senior Vice President of People and Culture. Um, I am a wife, a mom, a friend, a sister, um, just like everybody else. And so I'm really excited about this conversation that we're going to have today because um, I feel that well-being is such a big part of who I am and, and what I can bring to this company. Um, I'm just really excited to have this conversation. Well, I'm glad because I was excited when you uh, agreed to come on. And, you know, we talk about personal well-being and something we talked about just before we started was you're a mom and your daughter is starting in-person classes and how exciting that is. That's got to be great for uh, the energy at your house right now. Yes, yes. We're doing a lot of modeling every night to check out outfits before school starts the next day, um, which sounds like such a, a little thing, but it's such a big thing to her. It's a sense of normalcy again. And so I'm really uh, happy that we're to the point where she can safely go back to school a couple of days a week. And um, But, you know, we're constantly reminding her of the safety protocols and reminding her of what has to happen. She needs to wear a mask. She needs to carry hand sanitizer. She needs to wash her hands. All of those things that we're doing here at work as well. Oh, no, all very, very important things. And I think as we get back into normalcy, uh, that just becomes a part of, of what we do to, to care for ourselves and to care for others. So now at Consumers Energy, though, there's a lot of stuff going on with personal well-being. And I know that you uh, rolled out the five pillars of personal well-being a few weeks ago. So you want to talk a little bit about five pillars and what does personal well-being mean to you as a person? Yeah, of course. So, um, yes, five pillars. Um, the physical pillar, and that relates to physical activity, getting good sleep, keeping a healthy diet. The financial pillar addresses the role that money plays in our lives and how we manage and improve our, our personal financial behaviors. The emotional pillar speaks to healthy mind and the ability to effectively manage our emotions. Social pillar involves you know, our friendships and our contributions to the community like volunteering and just maintaining um, relationships with one another. And then the last pillar is the professional pillar and that relates to our work and our career development and our professional growth. I think they all work together and we need to be paying attention to all five of those pillars all of the time. Well, you bring up a good point because I, I know we have this great graphic that you can't see on a podcast, right? But the the graphic shows the pillars kind of holding up personal well-being as a foundation. But the thing I like is they all sit on the bedrock of our cultural values yeah. as a company. And so can you talk about that interrelationship a little bit? Yeah. So um, obviously one of our values is caring and the way that we care for our coworkers as a company is to provide this framework for well-being. But it also relates to, you know, uh, empowerment. We, by giving you these tools, actually empower you to take 
control <laughs> of your own well-being. Um, be deliberate in your plans as you focus on well-being, but also be agile because life happens. And, and so to pay attention uh, to uh, your physical pillar when uh, something is happening there, but then adjust and, and maybe put a little bit more attention on a social pillar at a different time, I, I think um, is a really important way to um, allow you to take ownership of your physical and well, all of your, your well-being, physical, financial, emotional, social, and professional. Well, and it's important too, you know, there's a, something I learned last week that I didn't think about with the physical uh, pillar is that, you know, we think about exercise and eating right and getting sleep. But one of the other things with that physical pillar is having your annual checkup just to yes. make sure it's okay, right? Because sometimes the old check engine light doesn't come on until it's, you know, really bad. So it's always good to uh, to lean into that. And as I hear people talk about the physical pillar, that just kind of came to mind. Now, mm -hmm. if, we think, if we think about those pillars as the foundation of our overall personal well-being, I think you put it really well. You know, if one of those pillars is is kind of out of whack, if you will, it's going to impact our overall personal well-being and may actually impact some of the other pillars. And I know that in my lifetime, there have been times when one, two, three, four, sometimes all five of my pillars were not where they needed to be. And so is there, has there been a time where that's happened to you? And, and what was that like? Yes. So, well, we talked about my daughter earlier. She... Um, was my third child. I also have two older boys who uh, are uh, five and a half and six uh, and a half years older than her. So they're at college, she's in high school right now. And when she was born, she was born with a very serious medical condition that was uh, a surprise to us. We were not prepared for it. And um, I can just tell you that was the hardest time of my life. So on top of the fact that we were taking care of an infant, it was a sick infant, and we've got these two other children that were trying to balance everything. And uh, obviously, um, not sleeping, not eating well. And you know, her medical condition was extremely serious. There was, um, there were several times throughout the first year of her life that we came very close to losing her. So the emotional stress was horrible. Um, but again, that played out in every aspect of my life. So I think this is the first time when I really started to pay attention to well-being on an overall basis. So emotionally, very stretched, very strained. Um, physically, again, not sleeping, not eating, not exercising. Um, socially not able to have much interaction with other people because a hundred percent of my attention had to be on her and her uh, medical condition. Um, what that led to after about six months was me having to make a very difficult decision to quit my job. So it affected me professionally and financially. And I don't mind telling you, Bill, I was a mess as you might imagine, an absolute mess. Um, and my husband, I remember this conversation <laughs> very vividly. My husband sat down with me and said, what is one thing that we can do to give you some control over your life? And all I wanted to do 
was go to the gym. I was, you know, six or seven months out from having a baby and hadn't lost any of my baby weight and not feeling good about myself, not able to, to deal with everything that had been put on my plate up to that point. And so he said, okay, you know, we can, we can make that happen. We can get you to the gym. So we uh, signed up for uh, a class at the gym and for one hour, three days a week, I was able to not be the mom of a sick kid. I was able to just focus on me and on working my body as hard as I possibly could. But what that did for me, it became so so clear, like at, at the physical activity helped me, it gave me an outlet for my emotional stress. So that was the first thing that I noticed that the, the physical activity made me feel better emotionally. And as I started to feel better emotionally, I started to be able to have more energy to do the things that I knew were right for me and for my family, eating better. And, you know, within a couple of months, I had lost all of the baby weight. I was feeling um, much more um, strong physically and able to face some of the, the challenges that her medical condition required us to face, like spending weeks at a time in, in a hospital. And, um, you know, so I think the that experience also created some social outlet for me. And I made some very good friends during that time. And people that I still consider um, among my best friends today. Um, and so that was uh, a really good opportunity for me. And, you know, over the course of the next couple of years, uh, we were able to get a handle on my daughter's condition. And eventually, I was able to come back to work. And so get my, it, like I said, it took a while, but eventually able to kind of turn that around. And, um, you know, reengage professionally, which then, of course, helped the financial situation as well. So, you know, I've experienced this personally uh, in a negative way, but then also I've experienced the turnarounds that can happen in a very positive way. And so that's, you know, when I really first started paying attention to well-being, and um, it's just, it's, it's a lesson, a life lesson for me that I always want to you know, be paying attention to personally, but also sharing with other people. Absolutely. And, you know, it's a great illustration of how uh, in the beginning, now I have three children of my own. And I, so I, I understand just the stress of being a new parent and not new that you've never had kids before, but this is a new child. So there are, that has its own stresses to begin with. And then the added stress of having a, a, a sick child. Yeah. Um, my my son was born eight weeks early, so spent a little extra time in the ICU as a baby, but nothing close to what you're describing. I can only imagine um, how that must have felt. But again, it, it impacted, like you said, it impacted all those different pillars for you almost all at once. And so that must have been a very, very stressful time, but, but good for you for sitting down. And, and what a great husband to sit down and say, hey... <laughs> What, what's the one thing you can do to practice self-care? And you picked out that one piece of self-care that we talk about so often is we have to take care of ourselves or we're not going to be 
any good to anyone. And you talked about how your energy uh, came up. So if you think back when all of it started and your your daughter is sick and you're having to make that difficult choice to leave your job and all of those other things, your energy level at that time as opposed to just going to the gym, right? Just something as simple as going to the gym one hour, three days a week. And how do you feel that that helped pull you out of all of that? Well, it definitely pulled me out. And again, I think what it did for me is just free my mind for that. You know, even though I was working on the physical pillar, I was challenging my body. It created space for me to, um, you know, for my for my mind to um, take a break as well. Because like I said, I felt like I didn't have to be the mom of a sick kid during that one hour of my day. And I think that was really, um, really important for me at that time. So I have to ask you this question, because when I practice self-care, sometimes I feel guilty. Like, you, you know, you say that, that you had that one hour, three times a week where you didn't have to be the mother of a sick mom or uh, the mother of a sick child. Did, mm-hmm. Did you ever feel like that tinge of guilt for doing that? Because sometimes I do. And I'm wondering if maybe people in the audience don't practice self-care because they feel like it's selfish when it's really not. You know, you raise a really good point, Bill. And I believe um, that might have been the the space that I was in um, at first. But actually, as I made connections to people at the gym, one of my closest um, connections also turned out to be the mother of someone who had a very uh, sick child. And she was actually my inspiration. And what became obvious to me was I didn't think any less of her (laughs) for doing this. In fact, she actually inspired me because I saw how helpful it was to her. Um, and so I, you know, I know where my heart is. I know who I have to be to my child. And that does not, because I take an hour a day to do something different just for me, to give myself some, um, you know, some space. And um, I, I think I actually am a better mom <laughs> as a result of doing that. And it did, I sort of had to do it first and then experience that. Um, so I, I guess I had to trust the process a little bit. But in fact, um, you know, I, I came to understand very quickly that I was better when I took care of myself. I could be a better mom, I could be a better wife. Yes, absolutely. And that's a a great point that you make. Now, we did talk about your daughter going to school. So I'm assuming she's doing well now. She's doing very well. Thank you for asking. Um, We uh, were able to, in her situation, she was actually misdiagnosed. And then when she was properly diagnosed, was diagnosed with something that is extremely rare. And um, that said, I mean, (laughs) rare but treatable so once we knew what we were dealing with we were able to to, she was able to have a a pretty significant surgery um, just before her first birthday and that essentially solved uh, 
95% of her issues. So yes, today she's very healthy. Um, you would never know that she had been sick. She's just like any other teenager. And um, we're very blessed and, and thankful for that. That's incredible. And I think uh, having a teenager at home might be a, a subject for another podcast, a, a, whole, <laughs> yes. a whole different discussion. <laughs> Um, now, if we if we look at, at that at your your story there, you practice self care, and I know at Consumers Energy we have uh, some things going on right now to help people practice self care, and I would love for you to walk us through those. Uh, so I know the first yeah. one is the emergency fund. Yes. So this is um, something that I first heard about maybe two two and a half years ago at a, a conference um, and I loved the idea. So this is essentially a, an employee funded pay it forward type program. And um, it's called e for e And the idea is that when employees experience hardship in their personal lives, that there are dollars available to them confidentially um, and they can use these dollars to get back on their feet, whatever that, that hardship may be. Um, and so we uh, pursued this. This has kind of been a dream of mine for a while. Um, but as we were framing this out, I was sharing this idea with the senior team. And we made a decision as a senior team that when we had dollars that we could invest in our, our coworkers, that this might be a really good way to launch this um, fund so that we're not starting from zero. We're starting from a place where the minute we can make the announcement, we can actually start helping people. And so the senior team very generously last year um, dedicated $1 million to wow. <laughs> this uh, hardship fund for our employees. And I can tell you, we just announced it last week and already uh, people are um, applying and um, you know we, we are not part of the decision process within the company, it's completely external. Um, and so we're starting to hear about people's experiences. And um, so I'm really excited that we're able to make this a reality for people. And again, it is kind of a ultimately intended to be a pay it forward type program. And so very soon we will have the ability to um, uh, do payroll deduction. You know, so if you can, if you would like to, and it's completely voluntary, but if you would like to donate a dollar a paycheck or $2 a paycheck or whatever it is that you're comfortable with, that makes it an ongoing sustainable program. And then there are also ways that are available right now today to make a contribution as well. Well, and I'm glad you shared that because I remember when you announced this, one of the most encouraging things I saw in the chat box was the number of people who said, how do I contribute to this? Mm -hmm. Right. Yep. Not, you know, not how can I take out of it, but how can I contribute to this? And that really yep. says a lot for the culture that we have here and for our coworkers. So that's amazing. And it really reminds me of my time in the military. When I was in the Navy, we had the Navy Relief Fund, which was a very similar program. And then uh, a longer story, when I was in the Army, we had the Army Relief Fund. Same thing. It was it was coworkers caring for coworkers in such a wonderful way. Now, we do have another uh, self-care out there uh, program, and it's called Headspace. 
So, yes. so what's this Headspace thing? So Headspace is an app um, that is available. And what we are able to offer this year is we're able to offer that app um, free of charge to all of our coworkers. And the idea is that um, Headspace offers guided meditations that can help coworkers reduce stress, increase their focus, and um, which has lots of benefits like building self-esteem and more even. And so um, we do, uh, we did send out a link for that. It again is available free of charge and people can sign up and begin using it. It's all self-paced and um, I, th I just think it's a really great opportunity for people to start exploring the power of meditation. Absolutely. And I did, you know, I picked it up and I signed up and I've been starting my journey in meditation. But as you said, there's a lot of other well-being uh, areas of Headspace. So if you're a Consumers Energy co-worker, please make sure you check that out. If you don't have the email with the link in it, the link is on the, the well-being site and in many other areas. I believe it's on the launch app as well. So uh, look for that link and you can always uh, contact uh, myself or any member of the Personal Wellbeing Committee if you have questions on that. Uh, and finally, Varsity Tutors. And this is so cool. I think I'm going to make my kids go back to school. Just so <laughs> I yeah, so this was uh, this is a great story of collaboration um, between a number of different departments that um, you know, really recognized a need and figured out a way to, to make it happen. So um, there have been a number of conversations that have been ongoing since the start of the pandemic about the particular challenges that um, uh, parents and guardians are having around kids in school. The, you know, whether you're remote, whether you're in person, whether there's some hybrid situation happening like I'm, I'm dealing with right now, um, you know, there have been lots of stops and starts. And one of the things that I noticed with my own daughter, who was a very, very smart girl, uh, she was not retaining information. Um, and I think that some of the challenges that we've seen with um, remote learning is that, you know, not all kids respond well to it. And so I think um, this was noted as an opportunity in some of the focus groups that we did um, across the company. Um, and, you know, we're really trying to, to meet a need here um, as kids start to, as things start to normalize and we start to move back into a situation where school is school again, um, but this is an opportunity where we can provide tutoring in any subject for a reduced price for anyone in our company who happens to be a parent or, or a guardian. And, you know, I, I, I'm going to have my child take advantage of it as well, Phil, just like you said. It's an exciting opportunity. And uh, so... I, I think that this is, um, you know, it's a great opportunity and um, I'm very happy to be making it available for our coworkers. Well, and something cool about this one too, because I saw it in the chat box when, when you uh, did the leader live, is that if I'm someone who's not going to use this, I can uh, donate my time to someone that can use it. And that's all yep. information that will be coming out soon, I hope. But it's the interesting thing about our coworkers is that with especially with those two initiatives was the fact that the first thought was 
how can I help somebody out if I if I'm yeah. if I don't need to use this? Yep. Yeah, I th I think that speaks so highly of our coworker family. Um, and I think, you know, the silver lining in this pandemic is that um, as difficult as this last year has been, and we're coming up on a year now, um, you know, I, I have never seen our coworkers show up more. Um, they're, they're creative, they're coming up with ideas, they're leaning in, they're taking action, they're making sure that their ideas are getting heard and they're coming to us and people in culture so that, that you know, we can help actually make it happen. And I'm, I'm just so proud of how everyone has leaned in to really make this experience as, you know, as good as it can be. You know, I would be remiss if I didn't point out that, you know, our coworkers can lean in all day long, but it's the leadership that helps take those ideas and make them happen. It's the leadership that says, go ahead and, and do it and let's see what happens. And it's okay to fail. It's okay yeah. to learn from that failure and to, yeah. to drive on. But I couldn't agree more that this last year has really pushed us to be better people uh, and to be more more creative, even more creative than we already are, because I would argue in my 20, almost 27 years here that we're a pretty creative company, um, but mm -hmm. we've been pushed to be even more creative. And I, I, in some small way, really appreciate that. Well, you know, Kathy, I know that you're busy and we're getting to the point where we have to wrap up the podcast, but is there anything else, any final thoughts that you have for the audience? I would just share that, you know, we've been talking so much about well-being. If you've never really focused on it before, just try one small thing. Lean in in one small way and see where that takes you. Because I believe it can open up a whole door of opportunity in ways that you might not even be able to imagine right now. I know that's what happened for me personally, and I, I want everyone to experience that as well. So lean in, focus on one thing that you can do for self-care. That is an amazing message. And uh, it reminds me of the old saying, the journey of a thousand miles begins with the first step. So that one first small step will get us to where we need to be. Well, thanks again, Kathy, for taking time out of your day to talk to all of our coworkers and really our broad audience um, out there. We're we uh, are not just internal consumers. We have a lot of other folks listening in. And uh, again, thank you so much. Thanks, Bill. Happy to be here. And thank you to the audience for tuning in today. Be sure and subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcasting platform. And tune in every Wednesday as we talk about the things that impact your personal well-being.